You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. folks and welcome to episode 88 of the let's talk apple podcast i'm your host bart bushatz and this is the show for december 2020 my panel today is very small in number i think we may have just set a record for the smallest ever panel it is a a panel of one but hey what a great one for the first time on this pokey little podcast welcome aboard a certain ken ray howdy Ken? I don't know why howdy is my thing today, but howdy is my thing today. Well, it works for me. I mean, you know, I'm a European, so all you Americans are cowboys, right? That's right. Yes, I'm a cowboy. Howdy. <laughs> well, do you not? Do you have a connection to? It wasn't no, it wasn't Denver. You had a connection to? It was it? It was anyway. It was Buffalo. Buffalo. But that's the not, one. They don't have they don't have cowboys. Yes, that's more of a, a French thing, actually, not a buffalo thing. Oh, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, see how little I know about America. Hopefully I know more about Max. Anyway, Ken, thank you very much for joining us um, for this somewhat unusual show. Um, And just in case there's a listener or two who's never heard of you, do you want to let people know what you do in the Mac world? Uh, Sure. I have a daily Apple News or news related to Apple News show called Mac OS Ken. Uh, Mac OS Ken turns 15 in January, January 26th, actually. So starting my 16th year this year. Wow. Um, yeah, I know, right? I also have a show that I started about a year ago called In a Few Minutes, which Bart's been on, and a bunch of other people too. Uh, Allison Sheridan, Shelley Brisbane, Adam Christensen, Peter Cohen, uh, Mike Rose, the list goes on and on, David Sparks. And there are a few more. And that's just sort of a casual conversation that is also a Monday through Friday show. And... Just about three months ago, I started something called Mac OS Can Live, uh, which is a daily afternoon thing that is on YouTube, and it's also turned into an audio podcast later that day. So, which is kind of an interesting of contrast because I mean, Mac OS Can is, is obviously quite tightly scripted and extremely. I mean, the the polish in your delivery is superb, which I assume is because it's prepared. And right. the, you know, the Daily Observations is is you doing that very scary thing of just uh-huh. turning on the mic and talking. Well, the Daily Observations is the one from the Mac Observer. Yeah, oh, <laughs> shoot. Trust me to get that wrong. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, yeah, no. So Mac OS can live right. Honestly, I don't know what that show is going to be. I don't know if it's going to stay me forever. I don't know if it's going to stay forever. Um, my hope is that at some point I'll stumble into a, 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 a co-host or even two. Uh, ah. Basically, I'm copying Tom Merritt or trying to, but I wanted to start where I was and where I was was, okay, I've got a camera and I've got me. And you're right. It can be kind of a scary thing. What's really great, though, is um, Mac OS Ken is a very polished thing, as you say, or I, I try to. It's definitely 100% scripted. And it is actually fun to sit down and not have much of an idea of what I'm going to say. I mean, that sounds like a bit of hubris, like, well, it doesn't matter what I'm going to say because people will want to listen, uh, which is not not my thinking at all. Um, well, for this show, it, a I hope you're correct. Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, 
Uh, the other part of it, though, is there's this fantastic group of people that's getting together almost every day. There are some people who are there every day, and then there are some people who are there a few days a week uh, for the live show. Um, I The way the show works, basically, I can't sit and read the chat because then I would lose track of what I was saying. But then we all sit and talk for oftentimes we're there chatting uh, long after, like longer than the show was. The show usually runs about 25 minutes and usually it takes another, it's another 25 minutes at least of us cool. having a continuing conversation in the chat room. So yeah, that's on my YouTube channel, the youtube.com slash Ken Ray, uh, 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern, Monday through Friday, if you want to check it out. Excellent. As I say, welcome aboard. Um, so let us get stuck into December 2020's news. Um, Starting as usual with some follow-up on long-running stories. Obviously, the story of the year for 2020 is our friend the COVID virus. Um, wait, no, mm. that doesn't work. COVID is the disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. But anyway, COVID update. Uh, yes. California has finally joined the exposure notification. And given that they are the headquarters of Apple and Google, I am perplexed that it's taken till December for this to happen. But hey, better late than never, I guess. I suppose so. Yeah. Although on on the live show that I do on Friday, it's like, hey, what's that number one? And so I had to actually learn a lot really quickly. I, I sort of ranted a tiny bit. Why did it take us so long? And why don't we all know what this is? Because, um, yeah, various various uh, parties seem to sort of drag their heels on it. But as you say, I'm glad we have it now. Indeed. And then... Strangely, quickly off the mark, then um, people who get the vaccine in LA can actually add a digital record of their vaccination to their Apple wallet, which means that they can prove that they've been vaccinated, which sounds really quite useful. Hopefully becoming ever more useful as more people get vaccinated. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I'm, I'd, line me up. I'll stick my arm out and stab me as soon as you can. Oh, no, I'm great with the vaccine, um, and I'm great with a convenient way to let people know I find myself in this odd position, though, because this isn't a thing from Apple. This is a thing from some startup. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah, but, uh, but they are partnering the, with some sort of public health authority. Yes, yes. Um, do you get any sort of, like, papers, please, feel off that, though? It does rather depend on on what's done with it after the fact, because... If it's in my control, I quite like the ability for me to prove that I've been vaccinated. But if it ends up being flipped around where I'm not allowed to do stuff unless I can prove, then I my feelings change. Right. And that's kind of the problem, because on the one hand, I mean, you sort of want that. Like, I don't want people necessarily going to Disneyland with me right. if they haven't been vaccinated at the same time. Um, yeah, there, there was something about that story that, that felt uh, slippery slopish to me. Certainly the potential, I guess. Fingers crossed. Meanwhile, uh, Apple employees will be working from home until June, at least. Um, and COVID-19 is causing some havoc for Apple in terms of Mythic Quest Season 2 filming being shut down. Uh, the crew are not happy about that. They say that their set is actually extremely safe and the, the, the outbreak was almost certainly from the community. And uh, the same has happened on the morning show. So that's two very major Apple shows shut down. Meanwhile, Apple first the first news article was Apple temporarily closing stores in Los Angeles, followed not long after by Apple closes all 53 retail stores in the entirety of California. Uh, but then on the opposite side of the planet, um, we have today at Apple coming back 
in store, like a, a store with humans coming in in Australia, Japan and Singapore. Granted, there will be social distancing and masks, but Apple are inviting human beings into stores in some parts of the world. That's how well they have their virus under control. Um, and then the last, uh, we also then have uh, a surprise update to iOS 12, iOS going to 12.5 and watchOS to 6.3. They bring some security fixes, but also exposure notification has been backported to iOS 12, which brings a bunch of still popular iPhones back into the fold. Uh, yeah. And then Apple pulled an app that promoted parties during the pandemic from their app store. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I approve of that big brotherness. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, we know more about that app now that they pulled it than, than people who actually knew. But of course, yeah, it's definitely good that they pulled that out. Yeah. Uh, another long-running story we've been following all year is Apple's endeavors in India. And for most of the year, that's actually been a good news story with Apple making good progress, getting manufacturing, getting approved to open their own stores, getting their own, was it they were custom engraving and all sorts, you know, they're basically they were doing well in India. And this month, they seem to have hit a wee bit of a bump. Uh, it all started with news of a riot in a factory and uh, basically an argument about how many millions of dollars worth of damage was done. Initial reports were saying it was like 30 million and the company was like, no, 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 it was fine. It was only a small riot. It was only $7 million worth of damage. Right. Yeah. So, you know, chump change. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, the uh, industry associations in India were very quick to come onto Wistron's side. That's the manufacturer involved. The prime minister was very concerned. That would make sense. Uh, but it would appear that the factory basically tried to scale up quicker than it's physically possible to scale up a factory. And they ended up overstretching their HR department to ridiculous levels. The trade unions say abuses were rampant. Uh, a government report found, yep, abuses were rampant. Apple went in and had a look around and went, yep, it's not going so good. Uh, and they have put the uh, plant on probation. And combined with a story we talked about last month, where it was a Chinese manufacturer put on probation, Apple's iPhone supply is now tight as two of their main manufacturers are on probation. It's so, really actually, to me, what was fascinating about that story was the industry association came out in Wistron's favor. And then um, union uh, workers or union uh, organizers in uh, India came out in uh, uh, the workers' favor and against Wistron. And it was just amazing how, how similar. <laughs> I thought, you know, you can look at another culture and think you don't really understand. And then some story comes across and it's like, oh, just yeah. like here. I was going to say, that's yeah. exactly what would have happened here as well. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they, they managed to sort that out. Um, but anyway, that's certainly not a good news story this month. Um, and then the other long running story is Apple's continuing China. It's hard to call it China problems because they're doing okay in China, but nonetheless, it keeps on embarrassing Apple. Uh, where China pulled TripAdvisor and 104 other apps. I mean, TripAdvisor, that terrible, terrible subversive organization. Uh, and in total in 2020, over 100,000 games were pulled for not having the appropriate license. And the minor thing of one of their suppliers being caught up in that whole Uyghur force labored thing. Yeah, that's a horrible, I, uh, I hate yeah. that story. And... On the one hand, Apple are more transparent than your average manufacturer. But on the other hand, 
you set it up with these things where you have forced labor going into our iPhones, despite Apple's efforts. Yeah, well, I mean, you say Apple is as transparent as they can be, but China isn't. Right. You know, I mean, there's um, Brian Chaffin over at the Mac Observer. Brian Chaffin, um, I can't remember the name of his show, which I feel terrible about. Context Machine, Apple Context Machine, I think. ACM, yes. Yeah, he thinks uh, that Apple should just be out of China entirely, which, you know, in my Star Trek mind, idealistic vision, yes, Apple should be out of China entirely. Except, first of all, they make the whole argument about, well, it's more important to be at the table. Although I wonder how important it is to be at the table if you're not going to raise your voice. And at the same time, like, how does Apple get out of China? I mean, they are slowly moving production to India. They're slowly moving some production to Vietnam. They're slowly moving production to other places. Uh, they can't get out tomorrow because, first of all, the effects it would have on Apple's bottom line, the effects it would have on the Chinese economy, the million jobs plus yeah. that happened in places like iPhone City that suddenly wouldn't be supported anymore. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, they, we, all of us are the, uh, are the frog in the pot of water, I think. And, and suddenly it's really hot in here and it's like, wow, how do I get out or is it too late? And what's the thing is, I can argue with myself on this one till the cows come home. Because mm-hmm. there's definitely part of me that it, it sees it from the idealistic point of view, if you just shouldn't do this. And then right. there's the other part of me that goes, yeah, but realistically, there are going to be phones in China. So are they better off having Apple stuff, which is, you know, pushing back as much as they can versus just, you know, going with the flow and getting Chinese phones? And I'm saying, well, they're probably marginally better off with the Apple stuff. It I mean, is- there are things there are things you can look at. I mean, what's going on specifically with the Uyghurs is is crazy. And it goes back decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at things that Apple has been able to do in the supply chain, like they're looking at having their supply chain be carbon neutral by 2030. That has involved leaning on a lot of companies that honestly were you know, sitting pretty as far as regulation was concerned. But what's better than, you know, how I don't want to say easy it was for them to do their jobs, but what's better than, you know, the regulation uh, landscape in China is doing business with Apple. And Apple is now saying, well, you got to do better. And so they're starting to do better. And and they are education. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, they are doing better in terms of other stuff that Apple has been focusing on, like over hours abuse and underage labor and stuff. So and 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 education of uh, of people who are working um, who are working in the supply chain, not just managers, but like you know people on on the um, on the actual lines. Yes, and, but then you have horrible things happening, like what the Chinese are doing to the Uyghurs. So, and 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 the problem is China is not necessarily as forthright about some of what it's doing as one might want them to be. That's being as kind as possible, diplomatic yeah. as I can possibly be. Yes, it is absolutely being very diplomatic. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. So I mean, that's been a story that's been running all year, and I'm sure it will run for many more years. It's just every month we have just a few more little pieces in that jigsaw, and it's it's not a pretty picture. Yeah. Uh, another long running story that will definitely run into 2021 is the many regulators all around the world going, "Oh look, giant big tech companies. Maybe we ought to do something about that." Uh, the latest shoe to drop in that saga is from uh, this side of the pond. The European Commission has published uh, their Digital Markets Act, or DMA, 
which they hope mm-hmm. to regulate companies which act as quote-unquote gatekeepers, which the legislation goes on to define. And from our point of view, that means people who run app stores. So Apple are very clearly gatekeepers for apps on iOS, which means Apple fall under this legislation. The legislation lays down rules for for Apple to ensure a level playing field. And if Apple are found to break these rules, then there would be they could be fined up to 10% of their global revenue, not just their European revenue, but their global revenue, which Europe seems to like tying fines to the size of the company rather than to an absolute dollar amount, which I kind of like. Um, the subtlety here to bear in mind is that the European Commission proposed laws, but they're not really laws until the European Parliament votes them into being. So right now what we have is the Commission has come out with a giant big fanfare and lots of media to present what they hope to goodness the Parliament will pass. But this Mm -hmm. has not yet passed the European Parliament. So this is not law, this is a proposal as it stands. Right. Yeah. Where are you on it? Uh, Conceptually, it seems sensible to me that uh, rather than saying you can't be a gatekeeper... It's rather saying you're in this position of power, therefore you must act responsibly. Seems like a more realistic approach than saying, oh, break them up. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I think it was uh, Margarete Vestea, is that her name? The competition commissioner for the EC? Yes. Um, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but when and there started to be a lot of noise on this side of the pond saying we need to break up big tech, she she was like, no, don't, because... Because there, first of all, there are unintended consequences, and 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 I'm assuming part of her thing is what I got to watch five companies now where there used to be one I had to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm sort of reminded of the notion that when when someone hears there's an asteroid coming for Earth, everyone, everyone, everyone's first impression is shoot it, blow it up, blow it up, right? and then you exactly. have no, 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 move the one big thing where you want it. Don't break it into ten things that you got to then figure out where they're going to land. Exactly, exactly. Because if you blow it up, you now have a thousand problems instead of one problem. And here's the, here's the th- may, may I really just quickly, and I know I'm probably throwing off all of your timing for how this show normally goes, but just if I could just really quickly, how does, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth and iPhone apparently, and, and then Apple came in and said, oh, we're going to run the iPhone this way. Apple made the iPhone. Apple made the app store. Apple set up a whole bunch of rules for how it was going to run its stuff. And then you, Bart, and me, Ken, looked at the landscape and said, well, it could get an Android phone and that would have all that stuff going for it. Or it could get an iPhone and that would have this stuff going for it. I made my decision a long time ago. Now, maybe I'm not the normal consumer. Maybe I did not make it in ignorance. But I made my decision a long time ago. And every time I buy a new phone, I've got the option of jumping off. I've I agree Apple with you for the reasons I've chosen. It. Okay, so then, but but you but but you like what she's doing as well, right? So okay, so I agree with you, and I I think in fact, I can make an antitrust argument in favor of what Apple are doing. So okay, if you zoom out, you have the choice as a consumer of going into a walled garden where you are safer and have all the protections of a walled garden, or you have the choice right. of going into the wild west. Those are valuable choices. So I really, really, really don't want someone coming in and telling me that it is in my best interest that my only choice is the Wild West. No, I'm like an informed consumer. It is better for me to have the choice to go into a walled garden. 
where I start to see the EU's point is that if you create a walled garden and you then start to use your walled garden to compete in other areas, like, say, streaming music, streaming television and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, now I think you do need to make sure that you're not abusing your power in one area to gain power in another. I mean, that that is reminiscent of having an OS domination and using that to kill browsers, right? That's that's sort of where these things go. So at the point where Apple started to compete with the developers in their own app store is the point where I was like, yeah, we need some rules of the road here. Okay. So I don't want them, I, I do not want Elizabeth Warren to succeed in breaking up Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google. Mm-hmm. But I do want there to be rules of the road that uh, companies like Spotify can continue to exist and compete with Apple because at the moment they're at 30% disadvantage. Well, that, 15 after uh, a year, but you know. Well, 15 after a year. And also, if you make less than a million dollars, then you're only at 15. If you don't make less than a million dollars a year, which, of course, is never going to be a problem for Spotify or never going to be something that Spotify is going to be able to benefit from. I know. I mean, I think that I think the question honestly becomes what's fair. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I get a little bit. That's where I get a bit confused. I mean, Spotify had streaming music running. The, the people who should have had uh, streaming music, honestly, were Rhapsody from a million years ago. And they just found so many different ways to screw that up that they're never, they just can't win. And that's fine. Spotify, every three months, comes out with a thing of like, you know, look, we have more users than anybody else. And look how big our paid users are. And then like two weeks later, it'll be some letter saying how unfair Apple is to Spotify. Well, the I thing mean, is, if Apple Music had been out first, I don't think Spotify could have ever come into existence. So before Apple Music existed, Spotify was in a level playing field with all the other streamers. But mm-hmm. Apple Music get this free, the, the Apple don't pay Apple the Apple tax. <laughs> if they did, would you be happy? Well, no, because it would make no sense, right? <laughs> exactly. But they could show, look, we're actually paying 35%. We're, we're taking a bath on this. Right. And so I, I don't think the answer Apple. is to say, Apple, you must kill Apple Music or Apple, you right. must break out Apple Music. But I do think, right. you know, saying that actually you have to have some transparency about your App Store algorithms. I don't have any objection to that, which is some yeah, of the stuff that's in the EU's regulations. So that at least when you search for music, you're, you're getting a fair look at what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that's not a, that's that's not a bad idea. Or maybe the whole thing of um, didn't you have to have? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm way derailing what you wanted to do. This was supposed to be a throwaway thing. I'm sorry. Well, I wasn't sure this this story had a fifty fifty chance of making it to one of our main stories. I think it just got promoted. Oh, okay, fair enough then. Um, I wonder sometimes about the idea of, I mean, again, being informed consumers, mm-hmm. we we can choose something else. I mean, part of me says Spotify had the game for so long. I was a Spotify user until Apple Music came along. Hmm. And I did not switch to Apple Music because of an allegiance to Apple. I switched to Apple Music because of, well, I think it was a combination of the reason I went to Spotify originally, because before that I was using Rhapsody. The reason I went to Spotify was because Spotify introduced a new feature that Rhapsody didn't have. And that was basically being able to follow what my friends on Facebook were doing. (laughs) <laughs> now, when Apple Music came along, I don't, I don't, I, I was already falling out of love with Facebook. I was barely using it anymore when Apple Music came on the mm. scene. And what Apple Music had was, you know, the automatic, 
everything you've ever bought, everything you've ever loaded in, and all the stuff of Apple Music all gets to live in one app. And so there was a better feature there. Spotify was coming on with with some new features pretty hard right around the time that Apple Music hit. Yeah. And I can't help thinking that the only reason that Spotify came on with the new features right around the time Apple Music hit was because Apple Music was coming. I don't know that Spotify was doing a lot to improve its offering until there was that competition from Apple. And so I, it seems to me, I mean, they had a long time to make sure that I would never think about leaving Spotify. They had a long time to try to make their product one that even at the extra three bucks a month, if I were going to buy it, buy it through iTunes, which also I don't have to do, I could buy it through Spotify. And in fact, I did to save myself that money because again, informed consumer, they had a lot of time to like come up with features that I would never think about leaving that. And what they had instead was music. Yeah. And then when Apple came and had the same music, it's like, well, okay, I will now pay $3 less. I will have that interoperability. I wish Spotify had actually thought about it before real competition showed up. Yeah, no argument for me on that. And that's kind of why I'm, I prefer the the European approach to regulating these large industries than the American approach. Okay, what's that? What's the difference? I'm sorry. Well, because the difference is basically saying if you are in the privileged position of being a gatekeeper, then you must keep your gate transparently and fairly. That is basically what this okay. boils down to. If you're a gatekeeper, right. you got to be fair. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. All right. M- uh, mostly I'm there with you. Mostly I'm there with you. Okay. Well, as I say, this all has to get through the European Parliament yet. So I reserve the right to change my opinion if the European Parliament decide to change the focus of this massively. And then I may not like it anymore. But right now I like it. <laughs> I don't know really a good. tremendous amount. I don't know a tremendous amount about how the EU and EC work as far as you know, parliamentary. Um, yeah, okay, uh, I'll give you. Moving through. Well, right. uh, hang on. I want to ask you a question really quickly. Is all of this noise being made now so that Apple can say, right, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. And by the time it comes up for a vote, there's no need anymore? Or might I Apple don't think so. Concessions. Okay. No, that's no, that's not how these things work here. So the European okay. Commission is like the executive. And the European right. Parliament is like Congress. So this would be like okay. the president laying out his stall and saying what he wants Congress to pass. Okay. But instead of it being a single unified president, it's the European Commission. So it's Maria Vestager is the commissioner for a specific thing. So it's like you had a president for this and a president for this and a president for this. And each yeah. little sub-president gets to make proposed legislation which then goes to to the one Congress to, to, to vote on it. So the reason there was a whole big press hoo-ha is because Maria Vestager needs to get her point of view across so that it will get through Parliament. Okay. Like a president has a big hoo-ha about his budget before right. it goes to Congress. Okay, two years from now. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, Europe, is, Europe is not nimble. <laughs> That is, that right. Europe is many things. Nimble is not on the list. Yeah, what's really cool, though, is Europe is many things. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I, I... One idea, I mean, it's, it's a neat, neat way to go. You see, I like the fact that Europe is a giant big ball of compromise rather than a giant big ball yeah. of extremism. But the price for that giant big ball of compromise, which I see as a positive, is that it's a slow-moving giant big ball of compromise. But we do get places. Yeah. Yes. Well, mostly in Europe. 
Yeah, but some of it is fairly far. Well, I'm here, so I'm, I'm good that, with that, that, right? Yeah, I was. That was just a geography joke. I'm sorry, I wasn't making fun of. And the GDPR has made other people's lives better too, and yeah. worse. If you don't like yes. messages about cookies. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, Apple announced, as you hinted there a moment ago, that uh, if you make less than a million, you can uh, sign up for their small business program. Uh, last month, we said that was coming. Well, Apple have welcomed in their first lot of developers. So there are now developers happily in that program getting to keep 85% of their App Store revenue, which is nice. Um, yes. We also talked about Apple's privacy labels. They also went live, and not without a small, minor amount of kerfuffleitude. Um, so these are in the App Store, and therefore iMessage doesn't have these privacy labels because it's not in the App Store, it's just part of your OS. Now, Apple describe in great detail in white papers all this kind of stuff, but it's not exactly the same. So WhatsApp, right. we're cranky. So Apple said, fine, we'll update our website and we'll put the privacy labels on our own stuff. And WhatsApp were still cranky. So I'm not well, sure how genuous their crankiness was. Wait, you don't think they should be cranky about that? No, because Apple are pretty darn transparent about this stuff. It's not as if Apple are making WhatsApp be transparent while being secret of themselves. The Apple have, well, like Apple's white okay. papers go into so much more detail than anything they're demanding from their developers. Well, that's true, but you have to know where to look for it. It's like when um, it's like when they uh, told Arthur Dent that the plans were on display for six months, right? And then he described how he had to go and find the plans. First of all, he didn't find out about it until a week before, and then he went around the council office, and it was down in the basement in a locked in a locked case. You know, it's a bit like that. Yeah, I, I, but I, Apple's I'm in the privacy page isn't quite like that. In fairness. Well, okay, but when you go, I find myself in the very strange position of being on the side of a Facebook subsidiary on this one, because I'm not generally wow. speaking there. But WhatsApp is absolutely right. When I go to download their app, there's this thing right before I download it that says, here's all the information that we're going to want from you. And you don't really think about that for iMessage. Now, you kind of do think about it for iMessage because Apple is so, as you say, openly transparent about we're not interested in collecting your information, we're not interested in selling your information, you know, all those things. But there is never a time where that's just like thrown in your face. You actually have to go around to the council office, go downstairs with a torch and, you know, uh, Jimmy opened the lock on the case and there it is. And I know it's easier than that, but it's not as easy as just I'm downloading an app. Here's the information. Interesting. So... On first run, do you think, would that be the appropriate time then? Would which, would which, I'm sorry? Uh, on the first time you run messages. So the, 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 you get a new iPhone, the first time you open the messages app, is that the right time to say, by the way, here's our privacy stuff? Yes. I think that would, that would actually be an excellent time to do it. And that's fine because it okay. takes about three seconds to just look for the I accept button and move on, which is what most people are going to do anyway. That's These okay. I wouldn't argue there. with that. Yeah, I wouldn't argue yeah. with that. It'd be fine, I think. As long as it doesn't happen, as long as it's not the cookies thing where it happens like every time. Yeah, yeah, no, message. once, right? Exactly, <laughs> once. once and forget it. Yeah, yeah once and you're done. Um, Craig Federighi has, ho has said that he hopes other app stores copy the privacy labels. I can't disagree with that. And yeah. Craig also gave a keynote speech at the European Conference for privacy or something i don't know the exact name of the conference here it was a very very boring sounding conference and his presentation was 10 interesting minutes in a two-hour very very boring keynote um but the video is on is is linked into mac rumors and you can jump straight to craig's bit it's actually a really good p 
peace out learning Apple's four privacy principles. So it's actually worth a watch. Um, and then in somewhat embarrassing related news, Apple Health had a hearing study where they accidentally collected, well, they didn't collect any data they hadn't asked for permission for, but they collected it for longer than they'd asked for permission right. for. So that's somewhat embarrassing. But in less embarrassing related news, uh, you now have another privacy-aware search engine option in iOS and macOS called Ecosia. So they are both eco-friendly and privacy-oriented and a search engine. So if you want to give them a go, you'll now find that as one of your options on your Mac or your iPhone or iPad. Have you tried that? Uh, I, no, although I am still using DuckDuckGo on my iPhone. Yeah, I'm still using DuckDuckGo. I haven't gotten around to the Ecosia thing yet. Yeah, I might give it a go. Uh, moving quickly on then to legal latest, I'm um, not going to dwell on, on these because these are again, it's, <laughs> these are stories that never go away. Um, Apple v. Epic, or Epic v. Apple, since it's Apple, Epic suing Apple on this one. Um, Apple are seeking to have the Australian case dismissed on the basis that uh, Epic had said, yeah, 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 we'll, cons- we'll consolidate our entire case in California. And then they went, oh yeah, and we're suing you in Australia. And Apple are like, Australia's not in California. Which it isn't. That's true. Yeah, I, I checked. Yeah. It's also not in Europe. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, Epic Games wanted to depose both Craig Federici and Eddie Q. Uh, the court ruled that they definitely could depose Craig Federici, and I could not find anywhere, and goodness knows I looked, I couldn't find what happened with the Eddie Q question. Maybe the judge uh, hasn't ruled back, on that yet. They came back, I remember the next day, and I don't have the story in front of me, but the next day the judge came back and said, right, you can have Federici and Tim Cook. Yeah, well, they were allowed. Okay, so there were, it was four hours of Tim Cook is what Apple offered, and the judge went, "You can have Craig and as much Tim as you like." Wow. Okay. But yeah, no I mention heard of Eddie. About AQ, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't know what happened there. Uh, in related news, UK, uh, not UK, US publishers have joined the Coalition for App Fairness, which is Epic's front group. Um, and Apple are being, or sorry, Epic are being Epic. They have created Apple-themed free Fortnite press packages, which have sent out influencers. Such childish nonsense yet again. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you're actually interested in actual streaming games on actual iOS devices, you could do what Google did and have their Google Stadia arrive just fine on iPhone and iPad, which is what happened in December. The other story that makes me cranky forever is Vernet X's lawsuit against Apple because basically the UK patent system is weird, is the kindest thing I'll say. Uh, Vernet X have won, even though they're non-practicing entities, yada, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, the question is, now that they've won, how much money will they get? Well, they've asked the judge for even more plicks. Uh, if they get their way, they're due an extra billion dollars, I think. Or sorry, the total they will get from Apple will go above a billion dollars. No judgment on that yet, but Vernon X definitely say, give me all the money, please. Meanwhile, Apple v. Corellium, so this is Apple sued Corellium. Uh, they made two arguments as to why Corellium were not allowed to do what they were doing, which for context, they're a security company. So they were offering virtualized versions of iOS on desktop computers for security researchers to use to test their exploits and stuff. So it's virtual iOS on real desktops for security researchers to poke at. And Apple's two arguments were, this is a breach of our copyright 
and this is a breach of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act because you had to break our anti you had to circumvent our anti circumvention technology to get what you have, and that's not allowed under the DMCA. So the judge ruled, no copyright claim, throw it away. This is considered a fair use because what they're doing is a derivative work. Uh, however, the DMCA case may continue. So Corellium have a have are one for well they're one for zero at the moment and. If they lose the other one, they're still in big trouble. So it's not quite the end of the story, but they have won a major part of the case. It's really weird that the DMCA thing gets to keep standing because the judge has basically said it's legal for you to have this, but it's not legal for you to get it. I mean, they haven't said. Right. I'm sorry. But that's because it's the... not legal for you to get it. They're saying it might not have been. So check back. Yeah. The DMCA is a dumb law and has been from the very first day George Bush signed it in. So you'll notice there's no equivalent of the DMCA in other parts of the world. Whereas the rest of the world does have copyright law. I feel very stupid because honestly, it had never occurred to me that there wasn't that anywhere else. No, no, that was, you guys invented that one and the rest of the world went, yeah, fine, have at it. We'll not be copying that. Meanwhile, of all the people on all the planet to sue Apple, Cydia have decided to sue Apple for having a quote-unquote monopoly in iOS app stores. Because pirated software really, really should have a place. I mean, shouldn't you, informed customer, be able to choose piracy, Ken? (laughs) You're not going to believe it. Actually, I think Cydia might have a case. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, which I don't really think they have a case, but I really think they might have a case. Because they did, you know, invent a thing. And then Apple came and copied that thing and, you know, whatever. If, if all the other stuff that we're going to say about the possibilities of uh, of, of um, uh, Apple having to be more transparent and having to be more open and there being more competition, I could see CDS saying, well, it seems like I should have made a little bit of money there. I don't I don't think it'll it's I, I'm not saying I agree with CDS. I'm saying I could see this actually going further than a lot of people think it will. Right, but they're not saying, they're not doing it based on a patent claim or an intellectual property claim. They're doing it based on antitrust, which I don't think is... Okay, I'm no lawyer. I don't even play one on TV or on a podcast. Well, no, I'm, I'm, and I'm not either, but I'm thinking the, the way sentiment among various governments across the country and around the world has been against Apple. I could see this, I could see this maybe going, like I say, I could just see it going further than you know, you might have thought a couple of years ago. Yeah, well, we time shall tell. Time shall tell. Indeed. Uh, Apple HR and acquisition news. Uh, no news of any new acquisitions this month across my radar, but uh, one staffing change of note. Uh, Bob Mansfield, formerly Senior Vice President of Hardware Engineering, is finishing the process of retiring. He's actually genuinely leaving this time, unless they pull him back again. Um, which means that since he was head of Project Titan, the purported Apple car, it means someone else has to take that role. So that department now reports to John Giandrea, who is the Senior Vice President for Machine Learning and AI Strategy. There is no indication that there's actually any real change in the project, just that the same person is running the project and that person was reporting to Bob Mansfield and now they're reporting to John Giandrea. Thing we know nothing about continues to be fairly opaque. 
Okay, moving on to Apple services update. Uh, Apple Arcade, the only thing that crossed my radar was a new game. Uh, Alba, a wildlife adventure by us two games is now available on Apple Arcade. Apple Maps is doing a sterling bit of rolling out. Uh, our Canada is getting a big update to the shiny new Apple Maps format. Uh, we got it here in Ireland a few months ago. Trust me, you guys, it rocks. Um, Apple have added look around to three new cities in the United States, specifically Denver, Detroit and Miami. And uh, Apple are expanding look around in Israel, New Zealand and Singapore as well. Meanwhile, Apple Music is now available on Google Nest speakers, of all things. And Apple Pay is now available on the Amtrak app and website. The New York City subway has completed its rollout of Apple Pay support. And Apple Pay is coming to Line Pay in Japan. Uh, Apple TV then is arriving on Chromecast. So Apple Music on the Nest, uh, Apple TV on the Chromecast. That's kind of, you know... Interesting to see Apple moving their services really onto the competition. Meanwhile, Apple TV Plus, a whole bunch of new shows in development. Um, For All Mankind has been renewed for season three, even though season two isn't going to be with us until February 19th. Um, Michaela Conlon has joined For All Mankind for season two. Apple TV Plus Slow Horses has added Olivia Cook and Jonathan Price. Apple is working on a Dark Matter TV series based on the novel. Apple TV Plus drama series Physically has six new cast members, which is Paul Sparks, Rory Scoville, uh, Loy Taylor. Oh, dear. Uh, Pusey, I'm going to guess. Ken, help. I I don't know. I would have said Fuji. How we go with that? Uh, Della Saba, Deirdre Friel, how oh, good Irish name, uh, Ashley Lau, and they are joining the original, uh, the person we already knew, which is the lead, Sheila Byrne. That's another good Irish name. Uh, Extrapolations is a new series on climate change. Julia Roberts is the star in The Last Thing He Told Me. Uh, Servant has been renewed for a third season, ahead of its debut of season two. Samuel L. Jackson is starring in Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. And Sad to say, Ted Lasso may end after season three, according to its creator, Bill Lawrence. That one breaks my heart. It's good. I I hope I hope it actually does end at season three because it'll end, you know, before it gets tired. Yeah, I would I, like I really, it. I really want that show to be 20 years. Yeah, I, I want it to be like um, uh, Faulty Towers, where it ends when it's great, not like The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah which is never going to end ever. Yeah, and it was great, and it yeah. isn't. <laughs> yeah, we talked about we talked. I talked briefly about it on the live show, or maybe it was Mac OS Ken. I can't remember. Like Cheers got a little tired by the time it was done. It was still a good show, but it got tired. Yeah. Mash, you know, was a good show, but it got a little tired. Yeah, and yet, I, and yet, the idea of you telling me that I've only got because what was it like ten episodes for the first season? So there are only twenty more episodes of Ted Lasso. Ah, that's, that's kind of heartbreaking. On the other hand, one third down, two thirds to go. That's also heartbreaking. As I say, (laughs) much to my surprise, I adore that show. And on paper, I should hate it because I hate football. Uh, Yeah, well, uh, when they said, and it's based on a commercial. It's based on a character that was created for a commercial when they were bringing football, as you call it, to to NBC here in the States. That's what Ted Lasso is. He was yeah. a bitch man for the fact that uh, that they were doing that. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to like this show. And then I saw the trailer and I thought, 
okay, I might like this show. And then the first three episodes, I fell in love. Yeah, I think it was Adam Christensen basically said, trust me, Bart, give it three episodes and you'll never look back. And I, I was deeply skeptical, deeply skeptical. Yeah. But no. I had, to do, I had to do the same thing with my mom. I told her, like, look, just watch the first three episodes. And if you don't like it after that, that's fine. Then you've given it a good shot and that's fine. And she wrote back to me and she said, well, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, she texted me. She said, well, you're wrong. It took one episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely in love with it. So yeah, it's 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 an amazing show. And anybody who says I don't like sports, well, good because it's not about sports. It's just a guy who happens to be involved in sports. It's just got heart. And then the first episode, you're lulled into this sense of ah, these are just paper thin caricatures. Nope. Right. Each and every one of those paper thin caricatures is fully fleshed out into a detailed character who you actually end up caring about or hating with Even a fiery the- passion. In the case of, I can't believe it's not Giles from Buffy. <laughs> yes. Or that is true. He Mr. Is Head, one. as he's actually called. Yes. Uh, Anthony, right? Anthony, that's the one. Murray's his brother. Really? I believe. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. I'm well me. Uh, fair point. Um, the only new release that crossed my radar is Wolf Walkers, uh, which is made by the same Irish animation studio who did the Book of Kells, which was absolutely amazing. So I am very much going to watch that, and I'm hoping that will be amazing. Okay, I'm hoping to watch it too, but I'm sorry, there is another new release. Was there? Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special. Hello? Oh, I may have mentally blurred that out. Oh, really? All right. It's kind of fun. It's, okay. She's not my favorite, but it's kind of fun. I mean, there's no point in watching it now. It's not Christmas anymore. And it's built on whimsy and, and holiday joy. So I would say leave it till next year. I, when... I... That's another in-development thing. There's a rumor going around that they're talking to her about another Christmas special, which I personally think they shouldn't do. I think they should talk to the people who wrote and directed it about another Christmas special. With someone else as the musicians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if it just becomes, then it just becomes that thing. What's that thing that happens, uh, Jules Holland? Then it becomes the thing that happens with Jules Holland on New Year's Eve in, in England. Yeah, I kind of like that. But Jules Holland isn't the star. He's the anchor who has lots of really good stars on. So... I guess well, maybe she okay. could play that role. Yeah, I mean, and look, it was actually it was actually a surprisingly good special. I watched it mostly thinking I wouldn't like it, and it's a bit ridiculous. But um, yeah, mostly what I'd like to see is the same creatives, but next year do Green Day. Huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> and well, year after that, do uh, do somebody else. Interesting. Um. One potential cloud on the Apple TV Plus horizon is uh, from our friends in the European Union. So last year, there was an EU directive released, which mandated that streaming services should offer, or sorry, streaming services offered in Europe should have 30% of their catalogue be European in origin. Uh, And the definition of European is quite generous. So if it originates in the EU or in what I shall call one of the EU's special friends, the so-called third countries, uh, which includes places like Norway and and Switzerland, Uh, or in the UK, who are now definitely not part of Europe anymore, but they're still included, Uh, or they're created in partnership with companies in those three countries, then it counts as European. And I, for my sins, actually went and read the relevant section of the legislation to try to figure out what it means to be a European work. I have read all of the words. They are all in English. I am none the wiser. Um, the yeah. link in the show notes is to the legislation itself on the Irish government website. You can go have a read if you like. 
Um, but as far as I'm concerned, it all depends on how loosely they'd end up defining co-produced. Uh, and depending on how loose that is, it may or may not be a very big problem for Apple. And I really think it's very likely to be a very, very big problem for Disney being an American corporation selling their own content as opposed to other people's content. Um, but the way it works is the European Commission puts out directives and then the countries make laws that implement those directives and Ireland is just one of the first to publish their law. This is coming to other European countries too, so we shall see how this pans out. Okay, um, next thing I have on my list then is just some other news related to all of this. So LG have added AirPlay 2 and HomeKit to their 2018 smart TVs. You can now receive cardio fitness notifications on your Apple Watch. Family setup for Apple Watch is coming to Canada. You can get cellular Apple Watches in Portugal via NOS. And ECG is coming to Apple Watch in Taiwan. So that is a roundup of Apple's services. Oh, goodness me, that's a lot of catching up of other stuff. So we have four main stories for December. We have anti-anti-tracking fight from Facebook. We have Apple releasing the AirPods Max. We have the launch of Fitness Plus. And we have the release of Pro Raw as our four main stories. So main story number one, anti-anti-tracking, as I'm calling it. Um, Apple have promised last summer that they would tell us or rather they would allow us to control whether or not apps partake in cross-app tracking. Nothing is being blocked. It's just that apps have to say, yeah, we'd like to do this. Are you okay? And Facebook are not happy. Uh, Mozilla, meanwhile, are delighted. They have thrown their weight behind Apple and say, yeah, yeah, come on, implement it already. You've promised it to us. Make it so. Uh, Facebook, on the other hand, launched what I will call a coordinated attack against the idea. It started off with newspaper ads in, you know, small publications people might have heard of, like the New York Times, Wall Street Journal and Washington Post. And that was followed up by a press release where Facebook said that Apple's anti-tracking measures are about profit, not privacy. (coughs) Uh, That was followed up by a letter to advertisers saying how terrible it would be for their business if their customers knew what they were doing. Uh, And that was then followed up by more newspaper ads. Apple responded by basically saying, yeah, we just want to tell people what's going on and let them choose. And here's an example of the dialogue box. This really is all it's about, Uh, which I think was a good result by Apple. And the EFF chimed in and basically went, Facebook, that is, quote unquote, laughable. And a bunch of Facebook's own employees sort of stuck their collective heads in their hands and went, oh, and sort of figured this was not really very good. Meanwhile, which apps do you think are getting the most tracky, tracky results in the new privacy labels? Oh, yes, it's Facebook's apps. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think I've made my feelings on this quite clear. Are you, are you going to come to Facebook's defense? Oh, God, no. It's all <laughs> completely disingenuous and absolutely terrible. Um and and, and uh, you could say no good deed goes unpunished because Facebook was one of the loudest saying this is really going to mess up a lot of people, not us. But in hashtag these uncertain times, do you really want to mess things up for small businesses? And so Apple said, you know what? All right. Tell you what we're going to do. We'll go ahead and push it into early 2021. How will that be? 
because Facebook and others had said, what we want to do is give people time to sort of, you know, we want to figure out what's the best way to work going forward. We want to figure out the best way for these people to work going forward. And what they really were doing was just mounting their smear campaign. They're, they're completely disingenuous and ghastly and awful. <laughs> yeah. I, did. I mean, the whole point of think of the pandemic, it's like, what? Right. I mean, and there are a couple of times that that's worked out. Like, uh, like Facebook was doing their thing where they were letting you uh, set up, uh, you know, events uh, through Facebook. So uh, you, Bart, mm-hmm. used to have a Pilates studio. And then, you know, the, the COVID-19 came and you had to close your Pilates studio and you thought, ah, I know what I'll do. I'll take this online. And Facebook said, yeah, you should absolutely take that online. In fact, here, use our platform for free. And then Apple said, well, we still want our 30%. To yeah. not use our pl- yeah, well, yeah, use our platform without the uh, without the uh, without the thirty percent commission or whatever commission they would normally take, and so Facebook said, "Can we do this?" And Apple said, "No." And Facebook said, "Okay, well, can we tell people what jerks you're being and not letting us do this?" And Apple said, "No," but then eventually Apple did go ahead and 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 drop the thirty percent commission at least for a limited time. I can't remember what. So it's not like it's not like Apple can't be shamed into doing the right thing. It's just what Facebook is asking for is nothing like the right thing. I mean, you put it perfectly. It's, you know, gosh, if we tell people what they're what we're doing, they might not like it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> our business model will be disrupted and our business model right. depends on ignorance. Right. Well, and they keep saying it's not their business model. That's the thing. But it's the, it's the Shakespearean, you know, uh, the lady death protests too much, right? And they keep oh, saying yeah. it's not about us. It's about the small businesses. And it's so much about the small businesses that we're going to run a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal. And that'll get small business on our side. No question, because lots of small business. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, yeah, it's completely, completely disingenuous. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think it worked out well for them. Um, no. I, th- I think it did no. rather backfire. And I look forward to, to being able to deny cross app tracking in January. Oh, it yeah, is January. I'm kind of, well, we don't know when it's going to be, right? It's going to be early 2021. Although, there was a story, what, the week before Christmas or the week of Christmas, I think, or maybe right after. I don't remember. Uh, the The beta for 14.4 was coming out, and somebody, I think it was Mac Rumors, said, oh, and, and look, the uh, the ATT, the uh, app tracking transparency notifications are starting to show up. And then uh, somebody else said, well, actually, the, the option has always been there. It's just nobody's turned it on yet. So it's starting to turn up more. So, yeah, probably this month or next month, I guess, is what... Maybe it was Apple Insider was saying probably January or February is when I see that so. like like really on. Yeah, me too. I, I wish it had come in iOS 14 and I would just say, gee, sorry, everybody who is tracking us without realizing or without us realizing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but couldn't find another way around. Okay. I'm going to move us on to main story number two. The long rumored uh, over ear headphones have become a reality. I think we were calling them AirPods Studio in the rumor mill. Well, the rumor mill didn't get the name right. They are AirPods Max with a fairly max price point of $549. They come in multiple colors. They're stainless steel. They have what look to be extremely comfy headbands. By all accounts, they have extremely high quality audio. They also have fairly brainy brains with spatial audio and all those kind of advanced features and auto EQ to make sure they sound, you know, great in all situations, noise can active noise cancelling. Um and 
all of Apple's usual W1 or H1 smartness where it automatically pairs with all of your devices and does all of that cool uh, device switching stuff. So I'm I'm not an audiophile. I'm a long way from mm-hmm. an audiophile. Um, as I understand it, these are really good headphones if that's your thing. Yeah, I guess. That's what I hear too. I, I would have, I'm thinking they will look really great on the counter with the Pro XDR display that I'm also not buying. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know some people get very upset when Apple releases a product that's not for them, and it's like, I don't get that. It's like, this is for some people, yeah, not for me. The one thing that confuses me about it is, um, I think it was Ben Beharan um, uh, wrote uh, on Twitter. He was like, you know, if you look at like some studio headphones, like DJs will buy and things like that, they can cost as much as $1,000 or $2,000. So $550 really isn't that bad. Yeah. The thing that confused me about that was the Bluetooth connectivity, I assumed would introduce a tiny bit of lag. Some people have written to me and say that the lag is almost imperceptible, but doing a tiny bit of audio editing every day, hmm. uh, there's no such thing as an imperceptible lag. Like even if it's almost if it's almost imperceptible, then I can perceive it, and then that's going to mess me up as far as my editing. Now, somebody told me that you can actually plug in a a cord connection so that you don't have that lag. And so yeah, at that point, okay, maybe you've got something interesting. It's a two in one device, I suppose, but I don't know. My hearing's shot anyway, so the idea of spending five hundred and fifty dollars on I, I don't that think I won't be able to hear the difference. I don't know. Right. I think it's probably a good thing these weren't called AirPod Studio because I don't think these solve that problem. I don't think okay. these are for doing audio editing because for audio editing what you need is utterly unopinionated headphones. That don't do mm. any sort of processing, right? Because you're you're supposed to be the human doing the tweaking. So if your headphones are tweaking, you can't do your editing. <laughs> unless, unless this podcast is optimized for $550 headphones. <laughs> right, exactly. So Get a pair of those if you want to hear it like as good as it can possibly be. So these are for audio files, not audio creators, as far as I can tell. And so I think yes. they're for sitting very comfortably in your house, enjoying the high fidelity music in comfort without disturbing the rest of your household. Yeah, I don't know exactly who they're for. I mean, they're interesting and they're pretty. And I'm sort of sad that we live now in uh, COVID times uh, for a number of reasons. And like, <laughs> many reasons really show yeah. up on the list, right? But I mean, this is not the kind of thing that you can go to the Apple store and try them on now. And if any Apple store is letting you do that, and I know they wipe everything down and they, you know, spray you full of Lysol before you even go in the front door, I get it. I'm still not going to I'm still not walking into any store and putting anything on my head that's been on somebody else's head. I'm just not know? walking into a store. <laughs> yeah, well, that's there is that too. I well, we can talk about that another time. No, I'm not going I'm, right. I'm, I mean, you've already lost me at yes. go to. Okay. Yeah, no, I go to the grocery store. Oh, yeah, so I, do I because I have to eat. I don't have right, to have exactly. $500 headphones. No, you don't have to have 500 or you can just go ahead and order them on faith. Although again, well, I'm you could return them, right? Five hundred. I guess. Well, here's the thing. You order them now, and then you just kind of forget about it, because it's going to be three, three and a half months before you get them anyway. Yeah, by then you may be, maybe, maybe, yeah, we shall see. Maybe you could go into a store, try them on, and then cancel the order before they ever arrive. Um, 
the, the other thing to say, I think the other important point to make is a lot of what you're getting here is the power of Apple's ecosystem. I mean, the those brains that give you that, that are way, way better than basic Bluetooth pairing. All of mm-hmm. that stuff is only for people who live in the Apple universe. If, if you're a Windows user, these are just Bluetooth headphones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess if the audio quality is as good as, as Rolling Stone and other people say it is, okay, then they're good Bluetooth headphones. But you can also get good Bluetooth headphones that are just Bluetooth headphones for, you know, $100 less. It's if you're, if you have Apple devices where you can take advantage of the the really cool pairing technology that's in those H1 chips, then I think they they start to make sense as a product. And, and they're an interesting product. That's really the best I can say. They're an interesting product. So on macOS Ken Live earlier this week, I asked everybody for the runner-up story for 2020 for Apple. Yeah, I thought that was a very clever thing to do because otherwise you just sort of had 20 billion people say M1. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you heard it. All right. Because I was going to say it's a, you know, it it seems to me obvious that that is the number one story of the year. What was interesting is I got six other responses, five or six other responses, and they were all perfectly sensible except for the one person on Twitter who said that they thought the runner-up story of the year is uh, is AirPods Max. And and I assume they're kidding. I assume that they're kidding, but, you know, if that's your jam, if that's the thing you do, if you are a DJ or if you are an audiophile or if you work, I don't know, for one of their competitors, that's the biggest story of the year. So, I mean, I guess there are two things. First of all, every story is the biggest story of the year, depending on who you are or the second biggest story. That is true. But the other thing is, I mean, most people haven't even laid eyes on these things yet, let alone actually got to listen to them. I've had a couple of people write to me to say that they are absolutely amazing. The people that who actually did get, you know, ordered super fast, right? Like, yeah, they, they, they were, were they were keen or yeah. lucky. Uh, and they say that they were they they were like twenty hours of playback. That the sound is incredible. All that stuff. It's still one of those things, though, of like, is that something I'm going to spend $550 on? I could spend $450 on a watch that will work to save my life. Yeah. Or $550 on a pair of headphones. Yeah, watch <laughs> but, wins. Watch wins, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on watch wins. Uh, the, well, the other well, minor controversy is the quote-unquote smart case. Apparently, it's really cheapo, terrible looking, and people think, for such expensive headphones, why are they in? Why do they come in a pair of chaps? I believe is how people are describing it. <laughs> See, it looks like a purse to me. It looks like a handbag. I, I would, yeah. My my mind went to purse or handbag, but apparently chaps. But okay. Right. Uh, and then there was a whole big confusion because they don't have an off button because Apple are like, we'd like to liberate you from worrying about such things. They'll take care of themselves. And nerds went. But gosh darn it, I want microcontrol over everything. And then right. eventually Apple had to explain the magic. And I was like, look, they don't have to go in the case. If you put them in the case, they'll go to light sleep straight away. If you don't put them in the case, they'll go to light sleep in five minutes. If you put them in the case, they'll go to deep sleep in, was it 18 hours? Or if you don't put them in the case, they'll go to deep sleep in 72 hours. But either way, they'll be grand. They'll take care of themselves. Don't panic. Don't stress. If you don't like the chaps, don't worry about the chaps. Although Apple didn't say it that way. But at the end of the day, the, the, this was a whole big giant pile of, oh my God, if you don't put them in the case, your battery will run out in hours, followed by, oh wait, no, it's fine. 
So I think that's where we landed. That case is that there there will be books written about that case one day. <laughs> well, they have to give us bumpers. Uh, well, they, <laughs> wow, wow, that's a throwback, isn't it? Just I that, that's the la- do you know that's the last time I got a case for any of my iPhones was when Apple gave me one because the area of the antenna was a bit dodgy. I haven't owned a case remember, for an iPhone I since. I don't think I actually got one. I always have a case. Well. I don't always have a case for an iPhone. I, I, I have had a case for my iPhone uh, for the past three years because two weeks after I got my uh, iPhone 8 Plus, I think, got out of the car and it just it just fell and shattered. Yeah, I've shattered <laughs> so two iPhones. I have, case. I have insurance. Yeah, and still, you know, oh, well, okay. All right, fine. Be that way. Yeah, <laughs> that's been my answer. I've broken two. They were 50, 50 euro each to fix. Just, you know, I don't know if it's cheaper than a case, but cases drive me potty, whereas shiny iPhone is nice. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being silly, but I I just like having own natural iPhones. Now the case that I have on mine, I can't remember who made it, but it's just a clear case, so it mostly looks like an iPhone. But I can still I can drop it and not worry because yes, I have insurance on mine as well. But I don't, you know. I don't. I, I still well, it is easier it. not to have to make a claim and not to have to hand the phone to a man from a courier and then have no phone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There are all kinds of reasons. That, yeah. Yeah. I got a case. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. To each their own. And I, I, I am fully prepared to accept that I may be being silly, but gosh darn it, I'm having iPhone on natural. Okay, um, I'm going to move us on to main story number three. Apple's latest service has come online to basically the majority of the English-speaking world, specifically Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America have Apple Fitness Plus. So the basic idea is you have to have an Apple Watch and then... You have all of these pre-made workouts which you can access on your Apple TV, I guess, ideally, or on your iPhone or your iPad, and it all connects to the watch, and they talk you, these proper trainers who actually know what they're talking about, talk you through actual workouts, and you pick your actual workout based on what it is you like to do, how much time you have, what your expertise level is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And as far as I can tell, people seem happy with it. But there are still some weirdnesses where you can't airplay it to your smart TV for some reason. So you need to have an actual Apple TV. But that's the kind of thing that seems fixable in software. Um, And for most of them, you don't need any equipment. But if you do want equipment, Apple are now offering that to you on their website. Um, And a bunch of places are giving away free membership. So something called Lifetime will give you free Fitness Plus as part of being a member of that club. And if you are a Best Buy member, you get an extra free month. So two free months instead of one free month. Uh, If I could really quickly, you don't actually have to have an Apple Watch to just like work out along with the the people. But don't you you have to have have a watch to get the service in the first place? But then you don't have to have your watch at the exact moment you exercise. Is that it? I don't, I don't, okay, I'll be honest, I haven't tried it. I have, I don't think you would need to have a watch to get the service though. I mean, you you would need to subscribe to like Apple One, um, like the Premier Edition or something like that. You might have to subscribe to one that has that. But like if you go into the app, it'll say, you know, uh, do you want to work out with this watch? And so then I took my watch off and restarted the app 
and it said, you know, begin your workout with your watch. And then there's a, a button at the bottom that says workout without watch. So I think you can actually, if you're subscribed, you can take advantage of the workouts they're doing. Of course, what you don't get is the heart rate and the and the personalized stuff. And it's not going to show up on your screen how your heart's doing because you don't have a watch to tell it. Okay, but I'm confused I, I because Apple's press release does say that you need to have an Apple yes. Watch Series 3 or later yes. to sign up. Oh, oh, if you say so. But I'm confused about this I, I, because I've heard different well, things. I'm, I was confused about it too because that was I, there was some article that I came across and forgive me I don't have it in front of me again, but I know it was in uh, it was a day or two after the the service actually launched. Uh, the indication was that no, you don't have to have an Apple Watch. You do still have to have a subscription, of course. I mean, the thing is, what Apple is is pushing is the whole biometrics and popping up on the screen and all that. And so for all of that to work, obviously, you have to have a sensor strapped to your body that's going to tell it how it's doing. Hmm. But you can still sort of follow along. I have a friend who, when, there, when, there's a good, when there's a good concert at the Hollywood Bowl in L.A., I have a friend who knows the hill to go to to sit <laughs> and watch it. Nice. He hasn't bought the ticket, but he's still, you know, like he's still able to hear it and he's still able to see it off in the distance, right? That's kind of what you're doing, I think. You're not getting the full Fitness Plus experience. And so I wonder if when Apple says that, what they're talking about is like the whole, you know, the whole thing, the we can keep track of all this stuff for you. We can pop it up on the screen, all of that. They're not just selling workout videos. But apparently, it seems anyway, and if I'm wrong, I apologize, it seems you can still use it as workout videos, but they're not making that available to everybody. You still have to be subscribed to Fitness Plus. It is definitely it is definitely the case that once you're subscribed and if you don't have your watch, you can still work out. Whether or not yes. you can get subscribed without a watch, I'm still hazy on. Well, uh, okay. I mean, uh, you could well be right. I, I, fiscally, well, thing, like, I, what you're saying up, is sensible. I was signed up for Apple One Premiere because that was going to save me money on all the stuff that I was getting from Apple anyway. And so then when I hit Fitness Plus... It looked in there and said, right, he's subscribed to this. It Now, it may have also checked in there and said, does he have an Apple Watch? Because that would be an easy thing for Apple to figure out on its own hardware and stuff. My thinking, though, is it's just checking, is he subscribed? And then if I have a watch, it'll go ahead and sync up to that and say, great, you know, we're off to the races. And if I don't have an Apple Watch or if it can't find it, it'll say, well, do you want to work out anyway? Logically, that makes way more sense. Because yeah. why wouldn't they take your money? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And why wouldn't they let you work out and you and then, you know, tease you with the whole thing? There's no point in locking me out of something that might make me want to get an Apple Watch. That is actually that's an excellent point. Yeah. So not only are we getting your money now for your subscription, but we might get money out of you for Apple Watches from now forward. Because obviously if you get sure. one, you're gonna love them and you're gonna keep buying them in theory. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Well, I certainly it was certainly worked out for me. Yeah, I'm on yeah. my third Apple Watch. Not because I broke them, just because I want better ones. Right. Yeah. Okay, um, and the fourth story then is Pro Raw has been released. So this was again promised to us at WWDC, and we were told it would come later. Was it? No, sorry, it wasn't promised at WWDC. It was promised at the iPhone launch event. Uh, either way, we were told it would come later, and later is now. Uh, so I thought, initially that pro raw was going to be a purely apple invention and that it was going to be some sort of proprietary apple thing and i wasn't really sure what made pro raw pro 
as opposed mm-hmm. to just raw. Uh, but thankfully, the people over at Halide, who make an excellent uh, advanced camera app for the for iPhone and iPad, they explained Pro Raw in such a way that it actually made total sense to me. Um, and what surprised me greatly is that a Pro Raw is in fact a DNG. And what Apple did was they worked with Adobe to expand the DNG spec to make it possible for DNG to store the extra information that Apple are now putting into those ProRAW files. So the key thing is that all of the magical, cool stuff that Apple's camera does, that information that it calculates is getting encoded into these ProRAW files so that you can back off the effect later in any app that can read this extended version of DNG. So that means that it's not just going to be Apple's own apps. And in fact, Pixelmator Pro just got an update that it can handle Pro Raw. So all of that extra information that Apple are using to do the smart tone mapping and stuff is getting encoded into that file for for editing later. It's It's immensely powerful and immensely clever and the fact that it's being done to a digital negative to a dng file rather than to some weirdo apple format makes it even more impressive to me so i i was initially skeptical and now now i'm just very excited okay so what i'm hearing you say then is you're much more of a photo person than an audio file yes that is a very 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 Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Okay. You know, I, I, I'm a, I mean, I do a photography podcast, so I, I should hope I'm interested yeah. in photography. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean this. What well, basically what this does is it brings the pro iPhones yet another step closer to being truly professional cameras, and they're mm-hmm. already darn impressive cameras. Um, the most recent episode of Let's Talk Photography is built around the fact that I came to a realization over the Christmas break that uh, the grand total number of times the shutter has activated on my DSLR in 2020 is zero, plus or minus really? zero. Okay. That's really interesting. So, but you, uh, forgive me, and I'm not calling you out on anything, obviously. You don't work in photography, though. No, it is it is something I am an amateur in the sense of, you know, the root word being love, right? An amateur is someone who does right. something for love rather than profit. I am 100% right. an amateur photographer. I, I love the pictures that you post, by the way, of the uh, of the train every day. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am also a complete and utter train nut. So I enjoy photography oh, and I'm know. a train nut. And the end result is lots of pictures of green Irish trains. It's it's actually really cool, though. I, I, I like seeing them every day. Um Here's what I'll say. Right after uh, the Time Flies event, when they announced all the ProRAW support and things like that, I had Frederick Ben Johnson uh, from Ooh. This Week in Photography on, uh, on uh, in a few minutes for one episode. And we talked about how you can replace so much stuff as a professional photographer now with the iPhone. And I said, okay, so are you going to? He was like, no. <laughs> Because he's a professional photographer and you know, yeah. the, the way he works is the way he works and there's all that stuff. And he is willing to concede that he probably could replace a lot of what he does with, you know, what Apple is now selling you in a in a $1,200 phone or an $1,100 phone. At yeah. the same time, I mean, there are the things, first of all, if somebody hires you to, to shoot something and you show up with an iPhone, 
Oh yeah, and you're going to get laughed at you as a photographer. Right, right, and uh, and of course there's still the lighting and things like that as well. But I mean, it's interesting to hear the two of you talk about it because where you're, yeah, somebody who's doing it for the love of it, and where he's somebody who's doing it in business, you're both meeting in this place of these are amazingly powerful machines, and yet, yeah, I'm reminded too. Do you know a guy named uh, Taz Goldstein? I do not, and I imagine I would remember a name like that because that is a rather cool name. Taz uh, works in LA. He's uh, he's a director. He's uh, and he works in other um, in other positions on other films, but he's directed his own stuff too. And he has a website that he's not really keeping up a lot right now, but it's called Handheld Hollywood. And what it was ah. was years ago, five years ago, six, maybe seven. I don't know. He was actually keeping track of all the different things that you could replace. On a movie set with just your iPhone. And this was five years ago. So you got to figure it's only gotten better and better and better since. I mean, it's fascinating the amount of stuff that they pack in there. And then kind of going back to what you were saying about the headphones, what's amazing is I will have that with my next iPhone and I won't care. Yeah. <laughs> it won't matter to me. What'll matter to me is how does this sound and can I use this and other things that I do? You might get it and, you know, say, I don't, oh, it plays games. I don't care because did you see this picture? I took of this train with a duck in the foreground. Yeah, right. well, the thing is, right, so on the one hand, you're right that the vast majority of iPhone users won't care, but they will notice their phones take better pictures. That's true. Yes, well, probably. Although I mentioned my ears earlier, also my eyes. And don't even oh, ask yeah. me about my back because it's getting, uh... Yeah, okay, not universally, I'll grant you that. But yeah, I mean, I think on average, basically, yeah. I mean, and I, I was such an anti-camera phone snob. Like, mm -hmm. I was so smug and superior with, about my DSLRs. And at no point, mm -hmm. at zero point in time, did I plan to stop using my DSLR. It just happened. Right. Yeah. And it surprised the heck out of me when I was going back to, to sort of look over my, my work from 2020 and, you know, pick my favorites and just sort of, you know, reflect on the year. And I realized that 100% were shot on iPhone. Do you think any of that has to do, though, with... Uh, with uh, 2020? Uh, year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or last year, thankfully. We can now say last year. I mean, the fact that you're not thinking, well, I'm going, you know, going over to the other side of Ireland... Uh, or whatever. I'm going to take all this stuff, and I'm going to oh, okay. No, the, the camera. The, I yes, I think if it had if 2020 hadn't have been 2020, it wouldn't have been zero. Yeah, but I'm not sure it would have been all that far off zero. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Because yeah, if I'm going somewhere as a touristy person, I will. You know, you got to take the DSLR. You got to look like a full-on tourist, right? Sure. People, people need to know you're a tourist. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep a couple of those film canisters just to really show. He might not only be a tourist; he might be a time traveler. <laughs> I still have an Olympus OM one, actually. Um, anyway, so I could. I'm not sure I could find film. Actually, if I found film, I'm not sure I could turn it into photos. Where, where, uh, okay, where so, do you go? Story. Yeah, right, right. So um, um, one of the kids here in the house back in the day, this is like a year and a half ago now, was was going on a trip. But the thing is, they didn't want anybody taking phones, but they wanted them to, you know, photograph it. So they hmm. said, get some of those disposable cameras, like, you know, for weddings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were very difficult to find, but then we got them 
And then we took the the cameras to uh, the local pharmacy because that's where you go to get your pictures developed. For and years? Like, yeah. You know, we'll call you uh, when these come back. It'll probably be a month. <gasps> right. Because they don't have the machine. Months. Right. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah they all did. Like, yeah. Two months later, uh, my, my special lady friend looks up at me at one point and says, you know, they never called. Oh, geez. And so then we called the pharmacy and they were like, yeah, if, if, it, if we said a month, we might not have it anymore. You should come by and we'll check. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, not only do you not know whether you can do that, the people who, whose business it still sort of kind of is to do that might be like, yeah, I don't know. They don't seem so keen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, oh, they gotta, you know, they had to hurry up and stock for Valentine's the day after uh, the day after Christmas. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, yeah, another nice step forward in camera technology and the fact that Apple chose to work with Adobe to do this right. It's just yet more proof of how seriously Apple take photography, which I don't think we were in any doubt about. But, you know, they take photography seriously. Right. I'm going to wrap up the show with just three little quick stories, just to mention that uh, Apple are launching a mentoring program, which I I think that is that's going to bring up sort of people into Apple who are now in college because you seem to be getting, there seem to be pairing students with people within Apple to to mentor them, which is an interesting idea. Uh, Final Cut Pro has gotten an update, which means you can now more easily share to YouTube or Facebook should you be into such things. And uh, Shazam has got a whole new look with better integration into Apple Music and Spotify, which is interesting given that Apple owns Shazam. And uh, that is all I have on my list for this month. So, uh, before I round out the show, just to say there will be detailed show notes at lets-talk.ie. There will be links to all the stories that inform my thinking about this month's Apple News. And that was quite a few stories. While you're there enjoying those detailed show notes, there's a section in the sidebar called Support the Show. I want to thank everyone who has supported the show either, you know, in the more obvious and direct ways, like becoming a patron on Patreon or making a donation on PayPal, uh, but also to everyone who tweets about the show, tells their friends about the show, uh, reviews the show and their podcatcher of choice. It is all supporting the show. It is all greatly appreciated. Um, This show is 100% listener supported. So to those of you who supported me in 2020, thank you. This show literally would not exist without you. And if you enjoyed the show, do please consider supporting it in 2021. Again, lets-talk.ie. Ken, thank you for giving so freely of your time on this, uh, well, Saturday evening for me, I guess it's Saturday afternoon for you. Um, Do you want to remind the listeners where they can hear more of your work? Uh, The best thing to do would be to probably go to macoscan.com because all the shows that I do, there's a... I think there's a section on the site called Shows. And if you click there, I've embedded Apple's podcast playlists. And so all four of the shows that I'm currently producing, uh, you can uh, you can have a listen right there. And you should be able to follow uh, from there to other places as well. MacOSCan.com would be the best place to go. Indeed. Excellent. Again, thank you very much, Ken. I've been your host, Bart Bouchotts. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. 
Hi, my name is Dave Ginsberg. I'm the host of In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com with my co-host, Warren Sklar. We talk about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. We also have some great Apple guests from the Apple community that also talk to us uh, relating to any tips, any apps, any news of the day, anything that's going on with Apple. Please give us a listen. Our website is InTouchWithIOS.com.